Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for listening. Very much appreciate it. It's going to be a fun episode. Very different episode today. If this is your first time listening, we normally have guests on. But today it's just me flying solo, talking about a couple of things and... If you want to listen to those old episodes, you can. Just go to iTunes or SoundCloud. They're all there, all available. So go check those out, please. Let's see. So it's the bracket episode. Going to get to the bracket in a minute, but wanted to talk about a couple of things going on in the news. Of course, it's the end of the year, so a lot of shows are finding out if they are getting canceled or, or renewed or getting picked up, and then the... Networks are doing their upfronts, and Seth Meyers did it. He was the host for NBC's uh, upfront presentation, or I guess he was the main person talking. Had a lot of classic jokes in there. Uh, One of the big things going on, though, at NBC is that they picked up Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Fox has been airing, had aired the previous five seasons, and then they canceled it. They canceled it right after uh, the season ended. And uh, the internet lost its mind. And not just the internet, but we're talking Lin-Manuel Miranda and all these people who are well-known. And I think Lin-Manuel Miranda's quote was, I watch like four things, and this is one of the things. Please don't cancel the show. And uh, a few different networks heard and they looked into picking it up. NBC was one of them, and they landed the deal. So uh, I think um, Netflix and Hulu and TBS were in the running for that. And uh, either Netflix or Hulu, Hulu just like outright can't like said nah. They passed on it, but NBC swept in, picked it up. That can happen because NBC has a production company and they produce shows. But those shows may not get picked up by NBC. House is a good example of this. House was actually produced by NBC but aired on Fox. Um, keeping it in the NBC discussion, Scrubs famously was on NBC, got canned too soon, and then ended up on ABC. And it's because ABC Studios actually produced it. So they have the rights. They can continue to produce the show and then just shop it around or pick it up themselves. That is the case here with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Glad that it's going to get a sixth season. And uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was good news. Uh, also, speaking of NBC, but moving into talking about the Internet, um, I follow, and I don't know if anyone else does, but I follow Michael Che on Instagram, and uh, he's hilarious. I feel like he's he's like... Obviously, if you see him do stand-up, it's probably the closest to his, like, internet self. Or maybe his internet self, it's like what he is as a stand-up. They're synonymous. Um, 
on Weekend Update, he has to be a little different, I'm sure, but he's still got that same voice. But he can say stuff on Instagram because there's no censor and there's, you know, not a team of people trying to write jokes. He's just talking. And it's really given me a whole new appreciation of him. I already really appreciated him, but I appreciate him even more now just because of hearing him talk on there. I think he, whether I, you know, I agree with him or not, I don't always agree with him, but uh, I always appreciate and respect what he's saying. And I think that's where a lot of it comes in with this. But it makes me wonder just like how people use their social media accounts. I mean, some people are trying to be inspirational, like Will Smith or The Rock, and that's great. Uh, we, I, that, Those are people I, I would like to be inspired by uh, and, and get tips from. But, uh, you know, also some people are just like, he's like, Michael Chase is goofing around and saying whatever nonsense that he's thinking about in that moment and then uh, <laughs> calling people out who email him ridiculousness. But I don't know. He just... I think one of the things that I'm learning as a comedian is just how to cut out all the nonsense and the fat and just get to the core of an issue. And Che always finds a way to do that in uh, such a like clear-cut way that's so, so funny. Uh, I really appreciate following him on there. Uh, here's something else that was on the internet, just to keep it in the vein of talking about the internet. Uh, this went viral this week, but not in a good way. Um, Nicole Arbor, is that her name? Um, she, a couple years ago, came under fire because she did that Dear Fat People video where she basically fat shamed people. And uh, this week she came under fire again because she did uh, a video that was not mocking Childish Gambino slash Donald Glover's This Is America, but was sort of uh, taking it on as a theme and, and made her own song. And it was called This Is America Woman's Edit or Women's Edit. And uh, people did not like it. Some people think it's appropriating. Some people think it's just riding on the coattails of what Childish Gambino did. And some people just didn't like I I watched a little bit of it and was just like, this is just a bad song <laughs> and uh, not great rapping and not great dancing and not great like video production. It was like it was okay, but it's not nearly as good as This Is America, like like the real This Is America. I think one of the things that also rubbed people the wrong way is that it's called women's edit. And, and I guess the use of the word edit in there makes it sound almost like it's saying, oh, you didn't quite get it right before, so I had to edit it and put this in there. I don't know. I can't ex I can't speak for other people. Um, I don't know that I was so offended, but I did think it was bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess uh, no press is bad press, so she's still going to continue to be popular on YouTube, I'm sure. But it does bring up the discussion in comedy about um, being offensive and political correctness. And there's this fear of offending, and I think it can sort of keep people from saying things, even if they're not talking about something offensive, just because sometimes you hear a lot of discussion and uh, people can come down on somebody, and you see yourself as a comedian who could have done the same thing. And, and so now you're like, well, I didn't think there's necessarily anything wrong about what this, this random person is getting criticized for. So I, I don't know. It makes me want to say a little less. 
I think it's hard not to offend and not, and, and I don't mean that in the cliched, everyone is so sensitive these days, because honestly, I don't think that's the case. Talk of political correctness started decades ago. And uh, the difference now is just the variety of thought and the Internet. Ideas are just expanding in different directions, even within communities. I mean, look at the recent response to Rita Ora's song, Girls. Not everyone agreed it was wrong. Uh, All of them strongly felt what they felt. And Rita Ora is herself in the LGBTQ plus community. So, you know, there were people who are in that community who didn't like the song at all. And some of them even pop singers themselves. And they just were calling it out. And then there are a bunch of people also in that community who said, I don't see what's wrong with it. I liked it. So I just think because we have such varying views, even within a community, that it's just going to be very easy to do something, say something that a bunch of people are going to disagree with. The issue to me isn't the level of offense people take now. I, I don't think that's it. I, to me, it's in trying to navigate based on other people's feelings. So what's the lesson I try to take from this? I think it's instead of trying to word my joke or whatever in such a way that it avoids how other people might get offended, which is hard to keep everyone else's opinion in my brain. um, I think what's better is to acknowledge that there are varying views that exist Some of them you know, some of them you're going to learn about later, maybe even the hard way. But just continue to educate yourself and also have a set of standards for yourself and how you treat others. Because so much of the stuff that's going online is just people saying, well, you don't act the way I want people to act, so therefore you are bad. And I worded it that way very specifically because those people sometimes don't follow their own message. Um, You know, it's we've all heard that before. Practice what you preach or you're not practicing what you preach. So that happens a bunch now. And I just I think it really needs to come back to what is it I'm doing and how can I do it better and how can I treat other people And how can I treat other people better than I already am treating people? That's just my thought. And I do think that relates to comedy and creating it because I'm still communicating to people and I still want to make people laugh and enjoy the work and get out of it what I want them to get out of it. But also to a certain degree, it's once you put something out there, they're going to take it the way they're going to take it and use it the way they need to use it and and. You know, I may put something out there wanting it to just be something that brightens your day, but, you know, it could have a different positive or negative impact. And that's just how it is. And we got to learn to roll with the punches on that. All right. Now let's talk about what we came here for. It's the bracket. Yeah, it's here. Why did I do it? I saw that in March someone put together a Disney bracket and it uh, gave me an idea. It just stuck in my head. It's like, hey, maybe that would be a fun thing to do, but with a comedy duo. And uh, comedy duos just started popping in my head and I was like, oh gosh, I just got to write them down. Um, But 
the one thing about the Disney bracket is that it wasn't seated well at all. This Disney did not put this bracket together. This was some, I can't even remember who, some Twitter account put out a bracket of Disney movies and they were putting like classic movies against each other in the first round. And everyone, including myself, was like, what is up with these seeds? <laughs> like, this is all wrong. So when I wanted to put this together, I wanted to make sure I put the seeds together correctly or well, at least. Correctly is going to be hard. Can't really <laughs> get it all correct. But um, I just wanted to, like, really consider it. So I asked a bunch of people, a bunch of friends, uh to just name comedy duos, and I got a bunch. I got like 110, and I I added a bunch, and, and other people mentioned stuff, and I jotted down, and at the end, I had 110, and then I had to whittle it down to 64, um, and I just sort of had to consider, like, who are the bigger acts, and then put those in the 64 and figure out if there are any left, uh, who else should be in that 64, and then... I sort of, I had to seed it based, I did it just the way the NCAA tournament does it, where you have four different divisions, and I didn't make them regions, like, with specific names, I just said, here are four different divisions, <laughs> and I uh, just had one through 16 for each division, so 64 teams broken up into four different divisions with 16 seeds, and I just tried to be fair and honest with how you put those seeds together, like who ends up number one and who ends up number 16. And I did that basically by just trying to rank one through 64 and then breaking it up into fours. And um, that's what that's what, how I did it. That's part of how I did it. The other way is the other aspect of this was I did take into account the quality of the work. I took into a, account the impact that work had. Uh, and the popularity, and popularity sort of broke down in several different ways. Sometimes it's just their notoriety, like how recognizable are they, but also just like the buzz around them. Like Abby and Alana are on the list, for instance, and they may not be as recognizable as certain other people who are on the list. However, I, I did. They did really end up where they ended up because there's a certain buzz around Abby and Alana that just isn't common. Uh, some people are lower on the list because they lacked that buzz. They might be known of, but they just aren't talked about that much. I tried to take all of that into account and be really fair uh, about it. I was trying to be objective and not subjective. So let's talk about who ended up in the top of the seeds of the divisions, the, the number one seeds. We had Lucy and Desi, Abbott and Costello. We had uh, Yanni and Hardy. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's Laurel and Hardy and uh, Gleason and Art Carney from the Honeymooners. So no modern duos are number one seeds. I think the fact that... Uh, you know, I think that happened because those seeds, those those number one seeds, they're not only great, but they are also icons. They're they're classics. So I just think they deserved that positioning. They they earned it from uh, being so great and so impactful. Like we're still talking about those things 
now, this many years later. So that says something. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, as well as Seinfeld and, da- and Larry David, they are second seeds, so they are modern, who've gotten towards the top of the seeds in the divisions. I didn't include the seeds on the actual bracket. You won't see the numbers, but you can figure it out if you look at the seeds for the NCAA bracket. It's set up the same way. And let's see, what else do we have? Uh, so it's controversial. There are going to be some controversial uh, opinions or, or uh, takes on this. You may think someone else should be on the list who isn't or uh, someone who's on the list shouldn't be or this or that duo should be higher or lower. That's fine and to be expected. There's just no way everyone's going to have the same opinion. I just disagreed with how things shook out, you know. People are going to have some valid beefs, but it's just how the cookie crumbled for me, and that's A-OK. This is all about fun, okay? this The bracket is on the website, and there's a link to it in the bio, or you can go to Twitter or Facebook accounts, uh, at There It Is Pod, and download the picture, fill it out, scan it or snap a pic of it, and share it with us on Twitter and Facebook. We'd love that. I want to see what you all think. This is all just about sharing. Sharing is caring. There are no wrong answers. This is just something fun to see what others think. So no judgment from me on your personal tastes. Let's just enjoy this. Let's have this, y'all. Let's have it. Okay, that's it. That's May Madness. Let's get to it. This is your chance. Look at the brackets. Make your decisions. Anger your family. No, that won't. That last part won't happen. This will still be fun. Let's do this. There's no winners. There's not going to be a winner. It's just uh, I'll share some people that I think had some interesting brackets, but you know, just talk about it in the next episode. But let's just find out, guys. Let's just find out together what we all think. I have my guesses on who's going to be at the top, but I won't say it yet. All right, well, that's it for this week. We're back next week with an interview with uh, half of the comedy duo, Pretty Sad White Girls. She's great, Lisa Bencourt. Check that out next week. And don't forget, you can always check out old episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at There It Is Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.